that is a Grace Music original. Drew wrote that a couple years ago, two years ago. We've done it before, but it was a uh, popular request for us to release it. So go to Apple Music, go to Spotify, type Dancing on the Grave, then type Grace Music. It should come up. It'll look just like that. And um, listen to it, stream it, share it on social media, give a little screenshot, share it with your friends. We'd love to uh, get it out there. So, yeah, thank you. We're so glad that you're here this morning. We love baptisms around here. It's just, it's um, it's just an awesome experience that you, you know, you 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 wash away kind of in the in the realm in the spiritual world. You're just kind of washing away everything of your past. And when you go down, you just leave it, and it's gonna go down the drain, and you are gonna come up fresh and new and a new creation. So we're getting ready to do that this morning. Marcus is back there, and we will see um, y'all up on the screen, so it's going to be amazing. So if you brought clothes and your towel, if you would take those items with you and just go ahead and line up to Marcus over here, just go ahead and come on up. We're just going to worship and watch it. So bring your clothes, and when you are done, then you're just going to go around the building and the bathrooms are downstairs, and then maybe this morning you're here and you're saying, man, I wish I would have and I didn't get a chance to do that. We do have towels and scrubs that you're welcome to put on if you, ch you just chose to say, I wish I would have did it. We do have um, clothes for you that you're welcome to, scrubs and towels. So. It's going to be an awesome day. Let me just pray for you. Father, we love you and we bless you and we thank you for this day. This is the day that you have made and we make a choice to rejoice and to be glad and follow your commands and do as your word says. So today we're, we're going to see new creations and new blessings and a new season in people's lives. Lord, as they get in the baptism tank, they're coming up, Lord, fresh and new because it is a new day and it's a new season. We thank you for that today. We love and bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to somebody and say, get ready.
awesome. You know, sometimes we have to go back and do our first works over, the Bible says. Sometimes we just make a mistake, and, and you just want to redo it, and that's always okay, too, and it's awesome to see the first time, and just to say, Lord, just take all of my past, and I just want to see it gone. I want to see it go down that drain, and um, I, just, I just love the blessing that now is going to follow those that believe, because that's what the Word says. Have you been baptized since you believe? So had kind of talked on that, that, you know, all you got to do is say, Jesus, come into my heart, forgive me of my sins. I believe that you died. I believe that you rose and you are a new creation. But then he goes on to say, and then if you want to continue in the walk and continue to be blessed and to continue in the commands is to be baptized. And that's what we just got to watch this morning. So um, then the blessings fall um, We've seen uh, many, many miracles have happened while people were, were in this um, tank. Um, one lady, she just tried and tried. She wanted to quit smoking, and she just couldn't do it. She had done it her whole life. She said, I just want to so bad. I, don't, I just don't want to carry that. And so Pastor had um, baptized her, and she came up, and she said she never had another cigarette. The desire, it was just gone. So, like, that was super cool. And um, just, I mean, there's so many stories like that that have happened. Um, this, this one good one, there was a very large person that pastor was in the, in the tank with, and that person happened at that moment to get slain in the spirit, and he just went down, and, and he's underneath, and people are like doing the clap, and it's like, yay, get up, and he's like looking at people like, would somebody help me here, because this guy is out in the spirit, so the Holy Spirit just hits us, and it's just such a, such a cool thing to do, right, it's just, it's joy, so I love that. We're going to sing one more song while Marcus changes his clothes and gets right back up here because he is going to co-preach with Pastor Mark this morning.
Hey, let's pray for a moment. Can we do that? Father, we thank you that there truly is honey in the rock. Lord, that you love us so much. You care for us. And Lord, we long to be in your presence. Father, long to be in your truth, your love. Lord, and you speak to rocks and produce water and honey and love and manna. So today, Lord, we thank you for those who have been baptized, Lord, by the blood of Jesus Christ in the water. Lord, that old man comes, uh, is left behind, the new man comes out. We thank you, Father. Bless each person here, those here to witness, those friends and family members, God. Lord, let us be obedient to your word. We love you. We thank you, Father, God, that you are our provision, our righteousness. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, amen. Praise the Lord. Give the Lord another shout of praise. Come on, church. You can be seated. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Well, man alive. What a wonderful day. Uh, it is at Grace Church. Thank you for coming out. If you're a guest here today, you are our VIP. Grace Church, give it up for our VIPs today. We do that. Praise the Lord. Thank you for coming out. If you'd like to fill out a guest card, there's one in the back of uh, the seat in front of you. You could fill it out and take it out the door and to the right. We have some gifts for you, some t-shirts or books or whatever. We just want to answer any questions that you might have and, and get a chance to know you. Do we have Grace students today? There is Grace students today. So Grace students, you can go on downstairs, you know where the classroom is. Give it up for our Grace students. Praise the Lord. Awesome. Hey, Janie's going to have a Christmas event for women's ministry. Now, this is a free event, so we're going to limit it to just the um, women 18 and older at Grace Church. And so we invite you to come on out for that. That's December the 8th at 630 downtown in the upstairs ballroom. Come on out. It's going to be a great time. She always has a great, great party and a lot of fun. So uh, there's registration seats in each lobby. So if you'd like to sign up on your way out today, again, we're going to try to limit it to uh, Grace uh, Church members of uh, 18 and up. If you want to come out, come on out. It's going to be a great, great, great time. And it's all free. Praise the Lord. Hey, we're going to pray for the offering and then we're going to get into today's word. I had uh, I had surgery on Friday and so uh, I'm under a little medicine and that's always a lot of fun when I preach with medicine. Uh, so I disclaimer, I can't claim everything today, but Marcus is going to co-preach with me. It's going to be a good time. We'll have a lot of fun. I'll bring him up in just a moment, but I want to pray for the offering uh, before we go, uh, before we release the worship team. So thank you for giving ahead of time. If you uh, want to give, you can give at the kiosk on the way out, or there'll be an usher in the back. We, we don't spend a lot of time on it. We thank you so much for your support of uh, Grace Church and the things that we're able to do both locally and worldwide. Father, bless the offering, bless the gift and the giver, bless the folks, Father Lord, as they continue to be a conduit to give unto you. Thank you for them, Father. Lord, cause promotion, increase and in blessing, favor. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said in agreement. Amen. Hey, give it up for the worship team and those watching online today. Thank you for tuning in. We're excited. I uh, love today's message. I love what God has laid on my heart uh, to give to you folks. And yet uh, we uh, had a mishap a week or so ago. Thank you, honey. And my wife has been taking care of me. Again, I had an operation on Friday. And, um, you know, she, she's, she, she's very nurturing. We're not sure how long that will last because... Uh, so we, <laughs> she, she gets bored easy, <laughs> 
which is fun to say because we've been married 42 years. So I'm glad that didn't, you know, she didn't get bored with that. But uh, thank you, honey, for taking care of me. And uh, thank you, church, for praying for me. It's been, it's been a great, uh, it's, it, recovery will happen fast. Hey, Friday was Veterans Day. Can we give it up for our veterans? Can we? I mean, come on, church. Uh, people who served, people who died, people who uh, have allowed our country to be free. Thank you uh, so much. Thank you, veterans, for your service. Thank you for those who uh, have been in service, those who are in service. Those, Thank you. Uh, my father was in the service. He was in World War II. In fact, he served in World War II. It was a, kind of a, an amazing thing. I'd written a paper in high school, my ninth or 10th grade year, on how my dad fought in World War II. And he's adamant after I told him the, about the, the paper that I didn't use the word fight, that I, he used, that I used the word serve, because he, he said it was more of a service than it was fought. That, well, I said, what was the difference? So well, I never was frontline duty. He was, in, uh, he was in part of the Pearl Harbor cleanup crew, where he was you know, doing things with... Um, Things they saw in the water and, you know, picked things out of the water. I won't get too graphic, but I, I, I wondered if that wasn't even in some cases as much, uh, you know, post-traumatic disorder as, as some of the things. My, both of our uh, fathers, mine and my wife's father, served uh, in the Navy at different times. And I appreciate those who have served. My mother had three brothers that fought in World War II at the same time. And so there's there's history there. We have a a legacy room at our house that we have a, a piano in and some artwork. We have some carvings from my father, a grandfather clock from Janie, from Janie's uh, grandfather. And just, we call it, I call it the legacy room. I, it's a room that we will add some stuff to. It's a room that we, we, we add, we, I walk in and just appreciate the, the things that are in there. And, uh, and I, I want to appreciate uh, our story. I want you to appreciate your story. I'll give you just a really quick bit of our story, talking about my father uh, fighting or serving in World War II. He wanted to quit high school his junior year and join the Marine Corps So, because the, the war had just broken out and he wanted to serve his country. And his father said no, that he couldn't. He, would, he could go the next year after he graduated high school, but that it would be too much of a strain on him. My brother, my father, Frank was the only son of Arthur, who was the only son of Adolf Dolphins. And uh, Adolf allowed his son, Arthur, to come to America to start a new life after the aftermath of World War I. So there was, there was trial and tremor all through uh, that family as they, as they allowed each one to, to move on. And my mother's uh, parents came over uh, from Poland at the aftermath of World War one as well. And so uh, those two families settled in the south part of Omaha, Nebraska, where they both went to high school at South High, but didn't know each other at the time. And my father wanted to quit high school and join the, the service. My mother was made to quit high school so she could go work in a packing house uh, because all her brothers were serving in the World War. After that, my father came back and got a job at the same packing house, and they met, and they got married, and they had uh, six boys and two girls, and I'm the youngest of those six. I'm the youngest of all eight of the kids. The reason I say that is because your story may be different than mine, but your story has an origin. Our story 
as an origin goes back to Abraham as far as Christianity goes, as far as loving and serving God. And so today we're going to talk about not only heartfelt thanks for our veterans, but a heartfelt thanks for different altars or memorials in our life. We're going to talk about four different altars that Abraham built. And an altar is a place to die on. It's a place of sacrifice. It's a place of obedience. But it's also a place of memorial. It's a landmark. It's a place where we can make that statement. I remember when I gave my heart uh, to God in a relational way on an altar, you know, where I just cried out before God that I needed more of him. And, and it doesn't matter where or when you find God. It just matters that you find God. And you, the only way you can find God is through Jesus Christ, his only begotten son, because God sent his son because he loved the world so much. And so Abraham starts this call of God on our lives where he knows he's going to find a nation coming out of Abraham and that nation's going to be bold and bright. Now that nation's going to come a Savior. And that Savior's name is Christ the Lord. And out of Christ, we get grace. And because we have grace, we can live this life in a, in a freedom of religiosity and, and legalism and tradition, but not in a freedom of, of just doing whatever we want, but of a freedom to, to love Jesus in, in a way. Well, it starts all the way back with Abraham, much like our uh, my my mother and father's life started uh, through their grandparents in uh, Belgium and in Poland, and then moved to America. My father was a first generation U.S. citizen. His father never became a U.S. citizen. His mother died early when he was six years old. Uh, there's a story there. There's legacy there. I, if you notice. Uh, this morning, Andrew is playing electric guitar. Well, that's part of the legacy. That was, that was his grandfather's, Janie's father's uh, guitar. One of his last wishes was that Andrew would get that guitar and play that guitar. So how fitting it is today in a, a legacy day. You, you that got baptized, that started a, a legacy today. Those of you that watched someone get baptized, that was a legacy moment. You need to look for legacy moments in your life, altar moments. So I'm going to ask Marcus to come on up. Give Marcus a hand of of appreciation. Uh, busy day for you today, buddy. Handling the, handling the baptisms. And I joked at the first service, Marcus has got more notes than I do. He's got a bigger Bible than I do. He's a lot smarter than I do. So you just have to, you have to deal with the good and the bad and the ugly today, okay? And so we're going we're gonna to come out of Genesis. I'm going to talk to you today, but both of us will talk to you about the four altars of Abraham. You may want to take some notes. These will be things that will help you in your life. These will be things that you'll be able to walk through. Abraham was a real person. He's not a figment of anybody's imagination. He really was a person. There's some really cool uh, numeric the numbers that Marcus will, will give you that coincide with David and Christ and just some things that you're not here by accident. You're, you're here by divine appointment today. You're here by divine appointment in the kingdom of God. And so it's important that you understand that Abraham starts that legacy journey for all of us. In Genesis, the 12th chapter, verses 1 through 7, we'll read fairly quickly. Now, the Lord said to Abram, that was his name before it was changed, go from your country, from your kindred, from your 
your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you. I will curse and all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And so Abraham went as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. And Abraham, Abram took Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered and the people that they had acquired in Haran. And they set out to go to the land of Canaan. When they came to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the place of Shechem, to the oak of Mar. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land, and the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. Let's pray, Father. Thank you for your word today. Thank you, Lord, that we can celebrate, Father, Lord, with those who have been baptized, to those that will receive you, to those that who love you. And, Lord, open our, open our hearts to hear all that you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, amen. Some translations say, and Abraham built an uh, uh, a altar of praise at this place. Everybody say praise. An altar of praise. I like the fact that Abraham built this altar of praise before he had anything to praise God for. Hear that one more time. Abraham built an altar of praise before he had things to praise for. Remember, he left his family, he left his country, he left his job. Like in today's day and age, he left everything behind, and they were a wealthy family. They were a wealthy a family of substance. They had, they had things. They had cattle, and they had sheep, and they had huts and tents. and fam- They had all these things, and God one day says, Abraham, I need you just to go. Where am I going to go? I'll tell you when you get there. That's an act of faith. In fact, that's a tremendous act of faith in Abraham's life. And so he decided to go because he was obedient to God. And sometimes God will tell you to do things that you don't know what he's telling you, but you just have to know by faith. I don't know why I'm going here. I don't know why I'm doing this. I'm just being obedient to God. And not only does that, when he gets there, he praises God for what we call the I wills. I will bless you. I will bless your offspring. I will make you a great nation. I will bless all families of the earth. I will take care of you. And I will curse those that curse you. In other words, I will be your strong guide. I will have your back. I will do that. Abraham doesn't wait for God to do it. He praises God ahead of time. Can you God give God? some praise. It's important that we learn how to praise, church. I mean radical, crazy praise. Sometimes you just got to be the radical person in the room. But pastor, the ushers will sit me down. (laughs) They might. Listen, I'm on your job, in, on your, in your car, on your way to work. When you get the bad news from the doctor, you get the bad report from the attorney, you get the bad report from the, from the employer that you're going to be laid off and COVID striking, and all of a sudden you got to throw your hands up and just say, I'm going to praise God. God, you are on my side. There, there's not a devil in hell that can stir me up right now. God, I am going to praise you. And this is what Abraham did. Remember now, he looks a little crazy. He left his house. He left his family. He left everything behind for the most part. And he steps out in faith. Sometimes, just sometimes, God will challenge you. Are you a big enough person faith-wise to be able just to step out one little step and say, okay, God, it's just me and you right now. And by the way, I'm going to praise you, Father. I'm going to praise you because I love you. I'm going to praise you. In fact, I say this prayer every day. God, I thank you for things just the way they are. 
Knowing that your hands is upon me, your blessings are over me, your love and joy and peace, they rise up through me. It gives me an opportunity to praise God in the morning. It gives me an opportunity to praise God at night before I go to bed. I say a set of prayers to myself. And, I, and just in my quiet time, I say, Father, I thank you for this day. I praise you no matter even if it was a bad day. I praise you. If it didn't go the way I wanted to, I praise you. God, I want to praise you today. See, when we get praise in our heart like Abraham, listen, your roots are founded in praise. Your father, Abraham, knew how to praise his God. And so just like my roots are grounded, in, in America, there is only one family that spells their name, D-O-L-P-H-E-N-S, and it's the family that I belong to. It's the family that Marcus belongs to and Andrew belongs to. It's the family that we belong to. My father was an only child. His father was an only child. His father's father was an only child. And then we all had, my dad had six boys. So then the name started to spread. But, there, but listen, in the kingdom of God, it runs through Jesus to David to Father Abraham. And Abraham understood what the power of praise meant in his life. And if you're ever down, the best thing you can do is throw on, throw on dancing on the graves or throw on honey in the rock or throw on your favorite worship song or praise song, and you and God just get down to business. I tell you, my wife does that all the time, and she's one of the most happy, joyful people there is. Why? Because you got to get your praise on sometimes. It's important that you understand that. You're now, Pastor, that's a little silly. I mean, I, you know, I can't run around my house praising God. Yes, you can. If you can't run around your house, just run around your yard. Let all the neighbors see you. If you can't run around your yard, just run around your office place. Let all your coworkers see you. If you can't run around your, your office place, just run around your community. Pastor said, I just got to praise God. No, God says you should praise him. Praise him wherever you go. Abraham, the first, and I don't think it's by coincidence, before we turn it over to Marcus, the first altar he built was an altar of praise. Remember that. Amen. So Abraham received this promise, so he chose to praise God. He built an altar, he put a sacrifice on there, and then that was a praise to God. Now the second altar we see is literally just the next verse, if you'll put it up there. Uh, verse 8, it says this, From there he moved to the hill country on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent. From Bethel on the west and Ai on the east, and there he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. He called upon Yahweh. So there is a time between when he was given the promise and then he received the promise. All right, now it's just one verse later, but it was actually a significant time and distance later. But you may have received a promise in your life uh, from God. He's given you the promise, but yet you haven't seen it. In fact, it might look completely different than what you see. Abraham was 75 years old. It was 25 years before he would get this promise. You know, it's interesting because uh, a lot of people can have kids, not everybody, but it, it's not supernatural. It's actually quite natural to have children. But God waited until it was impossible. Now, maybe it was impossible for them like the whole time. Just because of Sarah and her womb and her, the, her biological makeup, maybe it was just never naturally possible for her. But so that there would be no doubt for anybody to see that this was the promise from God, God actually waited to answer their prayer and waited to fulfill the promise until everyone knew that this would be completely impossible if it were not for the miraculous working power of God. Yeah. 
Amen? So in your situation, you might be stuck between the promise given and the promise received. You might be wondering, God, I thought you said I was going to have a son. God, I thought you said I was going to start a business or I was going to start a ministry. God, I thought you said that I was going to be blessed or that my family was going to come to know the Lord. I thought you said that I was going to be healed. It doesn't look like that right now. I wonder if Abraham ever wondered. It doesn't really look like that right now. <laughs> you know, but here he is. I left my family and I'm just wandering through the wilderness, <laughs> kind of like Moses. You know, I left my uh, father, you know, I, I left... I'm out here all alone, and it just doesn't seem this way. So if you find yourself in the same situation where you believe that God has given you a promise, but yet you haven't seen it come to fruition, I want you to do what Abraham did. He did four things right here in this one verse. Number one, he moved on. Okay, so he didn't know the end result. He didn't know where he would land. God just said go, and Abraham was obedient, and he took that first step. I'm the kind of guy I would like to know sort of the trajectory of my whole life. It might be kind of boring if I knew every step of the way, but I kind of maybe would prefer that, right? Like if I knew, okay, when I'm 50 years old, I'm going to take a left turn, and then I'm going to do that for the next decade or two of my life. And by the time I'm 80, I'm going to kind of bring the, here's what it's going to look like in my retirement. I don't know. But that's not what God has given to me. That's not what he does. Oftentimes, he just sort of lights the next path. And you have to take a step of faith. You're not sure what it looks like down the road, but you just take the next step of faith. And you keep on walking by him. That's what Abraham did. He was stuck between the promise given and the promise received, but he moved on. He pitched his tent, meaning that he, you know, he got comfortable. He knew it was temporary. He knew it would only be for a moment, but he settled in where he was. Then he built an altar and he called on the name of the Lord. He prayed to God in that meantime. He called on God's name. So when it comes to building an altar and being a sacrifice, I want to point out some things that in the Old Testament, when you think about sacrifice, you think about having something tangible, and then now you don't have that tangible thing because you gave it to God. Oftentimes it was an animal like a lamb. It could even be a grain offering or a fruit offering. We see that with Cain and Abel. There are different types of offerings, different types of sacrifices. But in the New Testament, because of the work of Jesus on the cross, we don't do that anymore. We don't do that. But here's what we do do. We uh, can see that even in Hebrews 13, 15, uh, we're commanded to offer up to God a sacrifice of praise. That's what you talked about. Uh, that verse goes on to say, Do not neglect to do what is good and to share, for God is pleased with such sacrifices. Literally, sacrifices today are doing good, sharing, praising God. And even uh, Philippians 4.18 talks about financial gifts being a sacrifice equal to a burnt offering to God. So tithing, giving an offering, supporting people uh, that are doing God's work. If Abraham was in this room today, sitting here on the front row, I think he would be confused. And he might be like, so that that's not a sacrifice. You don't understand. Like, nothing bled, nothing died. Like, you, you don't, I don't get that. That's not how, he would be thrown off, okay? In the same way that you might be thrown off thinking about a lamb dying, because sacrifices to us is just like that. But a sacrifice to God, in, in Matthew 9, 13, Jesus says that I desire mercy, not sacrifice. He's talking about the animals, all right? Because it's not so much that, oh, God likes when animals die, Okay, animals die. That's part of nature. But it's not that God is, he, what he's excited about is the heart of the person that says, 
I'm going to have one less animal to feed my family and to sell and to make money and to clothe my family. And to, I'm going to have one less animal because I gave this to God, but I'm doing this out of a sacrifice. It's kind of like tithing today or giving in an offering where you say, all right, I'm going to have 10% less of my income. And that doesn't really make sense to God, like, like, excuse me, it doesn't make sense to people around you. Maybe you have an unsaved, um, you know, brother or sister. They, they don't, you know, serve the Lord. They don't tithe. They're like, why are you doing that? You don't understand. Your car's kind of like, your car could use that extra 10%. I know my car could use this extra 10%. <laughs> I'm just saying, but God provides. Amen. I'm getting to that. It, it is to say that I'm going to honor God. Even you here today are honoring God by saying, I'm going to set aside the first day of the week I'm going to make a sacrifice, all right? I'm going to make a sacrifice because I could be somewhere else right now. And I hope you enjoy the service. Like, it's, I hope it's not just a sacrifice. <laughs> Some days, they're kind of a sacrifice. Um, but most days, it's really fun to be here, right? Um, every day, <laughs> just saying. It is, though, to say you could be making money today on, on, on a job site or in an office, but you're not. Because you set this day aside to, to honor the Lord, to rest, to sacrifice for him. And then the last thing he did was he called on the name of the Lord. After he put his sacrifice on the altar and he said, all right, God, this is yours. It's not mine anymore. He called on God's name. So I don't know what the promise was, but if it's for, it's, if it's for healing, you said, you know what, God? I claim my healing and my inheritance in Jesus Christ, but yet I still have to go to the doctor frequently because I'm sick. Well, I want you to build your sacrifice, put your altar out there, but then call on his name. His name is healer. His name is provider for the one that needs a financial miracle. His name is uh, redeemer. His name is deliverance for the person in here that needs freedom. You say, you know, I haven't quite seen that yet. It kind of doesn't seem like that for myself or for my family member, but I claim it and I'm holding fast to his name. I'm moving on, taking those steps I need to do. I'm building my altar, making the sacrifices I need to make, and then I'm calling on his name through prayer, and I believe that I will see the promise fulfilled. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. So you say, well, Pastor, I praise God. I come, I come to church, and I'm believing God. I'm praising God. I'm praying for my breakthrough. I'm praising God because I'm on the mountaintop, and now I'm praying. I've made that altar of prayer, and maybe I'm learning every day. Let me just give you a, a really quick thing that I do. I always pray Psalms 23. I always pray Matthew uh, 6, 9 through 13. That's the Lord's Prayer. I always pray the prayer of Jabez. I always say the creed. That's probably the Catholic in me. But I always pray certain prayers, not religious repetition, but we were in the summer in Psalms, and so Jane and I have still been praying the Psalms over our church. You can pray the scriptures. If you don't know what to pray, just break open the scriptures, read a psalm, pray the psalm, pray different parts of the Bible. But he made a covenant. He made an altar of prayer. And then you would say the same thing. Like maybe I have in the past, I'm praising God, I'm praying, but I just don't have any peace. That's the next altar, an altar of peace. Peace is something that sometimes 
sometimes is really hard to come by, okay? And so what happens here is Abram's moving along, and everything's going good. He's left his family. He's left his friends. He's left all his people, and he's left his country. He's going, he's between Bethel and Ai, and he's kind of stuck between that place, and, and he just doesn't have any peace because a lot comes with him, all right, his nephew, and a lot starts to cause strife. Life's uh, workers cause strife. Uh, he wants his cattle. He wants the, he wants the land over there where they're, where they're grazing at. Their workers are fighting. All of a sudden, there's all these things in his life. And if you go back and look at the scripture, the Bible says, Abram, you must go. It doesn't say anything about Lot going with him. You need to catch that for a second because sometimes when we walk into this deliverance like Marcus talked about or we walk into an area of new Christianity or we're a Christ follower and we want to bring a lot of people with us and that's really good and evangelistic. But what happens is God wants to take us to a place first and he doesn't want the baggage to go with us. So sometimes people drain us and people take things from us that they were never supposed to because they were never supposed to go along for that journey. Now, that's going to be revelation to some people, but that's truth, okay? That, That person that you're in relationship with that keeps dragging you down, punt the loser. May have been the drug speaking, but that's okay. I get a pass on that one. Kick the guy to the curb and never go back and get him ever again. Are you with me? Everybody's got a little picture of somebody right now. Yes. Yes, I do. But, Pastor, what about grace? Drugs. Just right now we're... It could be an emotion, it could be a relationship, it could be a spiritual thing, it could be something in your life that becomes a lot. And this is what happened to Abraham. As he's, things are going good, but all of a sudden, Lot brings strife into his life. And he can't find those promises. God, what about the I wills? You're going to bless me. You're going to keep me. You're going you're gonna to be with me. You're going to walk with me. God, you're going to do all these things. But there's, and all of a sudden, God reminds him that there's a lot there. There's a nephew there that's not, he wasn't supposed to be part of the party. God, Abraham, I told you to go. I didn't tell Lot to go with you. And then the Bible says this, and the Lord said to Abraham after, everybody say after, after Lot had separated from him, lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are northward and southward and eastward and westward for all the land that you see, I will give you. Why? His favor came upon him after he got rid of Lot. And there he then made up an altar to the Lord. And an altar came, an altar of peace, Jehovah Shalom. Peace settled upon him. Not only peace, but favor came upon him. Not only favor, but blessing came upon him. Because he could see a clearer picture of what God had for him when he didn't bring the baggage with him. Now, baggage isn't always people. Baggage can be a past that continues to haunt you. Well, yeah, but if I wouldn't have been that way or acted that way or done those things, forget it. Great By grace you are saved through faith. And that not of yourself, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any of us should boast. God saves you through grace. Say grace. grace. Shout grace. grace. Shout grace again. Grace. In fact, as Zechariah tells Zerubbabel, you shout grace to that mountain, that mountain will reduce itself to stubble. Grace. See, when we know what we're, where we stand on, but if we continue to surround ourselves with people that will drain us, 
if we continue to surround ourselves with problems that will drain us, if we continue to surround ourselves with anxiety that will drain us, we continue to bring a lot into the situation. And when we drop that, when we separate ourselves from what Christ has already saved us from, we find that peace that God has for us. Wow. I've never thought of this before, but as you were talking, I was thinking about how Abraham here in his 70s, 80s, 90s still hasn't seen the promise fulfilled. All right, so what was the promise? That he would be a great nation, that his uh, descendants would outnumber the stars in the sky and the grains of sand on the beach and in the sea. That's pretty big and audacious, right? He looked pretty stupid because he didn't have any kids, and he just kind of thought, wow. So I'm thinking about Lot, and I'm thinking about as they went on, I just wondered if, just wondered, I don't, don't quote me on this, but was Abraham maybe thinking that, you know, if God isn't faithful, then at least Lot, maybe he could, you know, maybe that's who can be the descendant. Maybe I'll give all of this inheritance to him just in case God doesn't do his word. And God was saying, just maybe, I don't want you to have a backup plan in case I'm not faithful. I will provide. If I said I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. God is always working. Even when we don't see God at work, He's still working. And when Abraham said goodbye to Lot, he was saying, maybe, he was saying, God, I'm putting my whole trust in you. If you don't do it, it's not going to happen. And I think that's what we need to do. When you need a healing, I want, yeah, yeah, doctors and stuff is good. But, like, don't run to I'll say it like this. I've said it before, but like when my mom was in ICU, when she was deathly ill, I went into the chapel at the hospital at Fry. I went, closed the door, and I cried out to God, the Lord God who heals, yeah. Yahweh, Jehovah Jireh, our God who provides. And <laughs> this is kind of silly. I had the thought, I, I hate to admit this, but I, I, just the thought crossed my mind. I was like, should I just, like, pray a little prayer to, to Buddha, like, just in case? <laughs> like, that's a weird thought to have. Or, like, Hindu gods, there's, like, millions of them, you know? And, like, there are other, like, you could, like, light a little candle, like, at a Catholic church, like, just in case, like, just, or say a prayer to, the, like, the priest. And I rebuked that thought in Jesus' name, and I said, absolutely not. I said, if God doesn't do it, it's not going to get done. There's nobody else that can heal. There's nobody else that can save. There's nobody else that can redeem. Our God is the way, the truth, and the life, and there's no backup plan. So that, I'm not talking about don't go to your doctor if you're sick. That can be a part of God's plan. But there's nothing contrary to God's will. So when he said goodbye to Lot, he said, I'm saying that God is going to answer this prayer, that nobody else can do it. There's no backup plan. And that is the same thing. That's, that's the, the fourth altar, the last one, which is uh, an altar of provision. Here in this altar, it's an obedience to God's command to sacrifice 
Not an animal this time, but his son Isaac. So he has received the promise. He can see, all right, I have a son. He's going to have kids. And uh, just in case you're not familiar with the story, uh, Isaac's son, uh, he had two kids, but one of them became uh, Israel. His name was Israel. It was changed. But he had 12 sons, the 12 tribes of Israel. And the whole purpose of having Israel, the nation, was to bring about the Messiah, Jesus, to be the Savior of the world. And we read about that all the way back in Genesis 12, that Abraham's descendants would be a blessing to all nations. So the whole purpose was to save the entire world from our sins. Crazy, right? And now what God is asking is for Abraham to actually sacrifice his son. So here's what happens in Genesis 22. He says, take your only son, Isaac. This means your beloved, your special, your chosen promised son. He did have another son, Ishmael. Uh, That's a different story about trying to do things your own way. And he says, "Uh, offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, I will tell you. So, so he goes to this Mount Moriah. He leaves his house and his family. He goes on a three-day journey up this mountain. And he says, uh, Then Abraham said to the young man, Stay here with the donkey. The boy and I will go over there to worship. Now, this is the first time worship is mentioned in the Bible, which gives it a little bit of extra significance and importance. And what Abraham wasn't saying is, I'm going to go up to this mountain. I'm going to go a three-day journey with my son to worship. We are going to sing a slow song. That's not what worship is, okay? I mean, you can go to a U2 concert and sing a slow song, and you can worship. Like, that's, that's allowed. But that's not really what we're, like, we sang slow songs today and we worshiped. But worship is from the heart, obedience, and sacrifice, giving God something that's yours. You know that familiar phrase like altar call? Maybe you've never heard that phrase, but many of you probably have, right? You all know. Like uh, Billy Graham would give an altar call. Or last week, Pastor, like we said, oh, let's have an altar call and break generational curses. It's to say, I'm going to, like, even the front of the church can be symbolically an altar, a place where something can die. To, you might see somebody during worship comes forward, and they might bow on their knees, or they might lift up their hands, and they might say, you know what, God? I'm taking this thing, and I'm, and I'm giving it to you. I'm surrendering it to you. Uh, my son is far from you, hypothetically. And I'm just going like, to say, God, I'm just surrendering this whole situation to you. It's a place to die. That's worship. Okay? So that's what they're doing here. Um, he wasn't planning on... Uh, and then it says, look what it says. The boy and I will go up there and worship. Then we will come back to you. Was Abraham planning on taking Isaac to the altar to only disobey God and not kill him and then bring him back? No. The author of Hebrews actually clues us in onto what's happening in 11.19. He says, Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. Because what happened was Abraham took Isaac He was obedient to the point of death with a knife in his hand. He was getting ready to sacrifice his son. His son Isaac, he carried his own wood for the sacrifice to make an altar, to make the fire that would happen after his death. And 
Isaac says, so, Dad, we've got all the stuff we need for the uh, sacrifice here. We've got the wood. You know, I'm carrying that on my back up this hill. But where's the lamb? And in Genesis uh, 22:8, Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. Abraham was prophesying, and this is, I think, the first time that we see that God is our provider. And he will provide for you if it's a financial need, if it's a health need, if it's a relationship need. But even in a much greater way, God will provide for you the salvation and the freedom and the redemption. Abraham was prophesying that you do not have to pay the punishment for your sins, but that God will provide a lamb. Jesus was known in the New Testament. It was revealed to us that he was the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. I found it fascinating. I think I knew this, but I totally forgot about it. And then it was, I was reminded that it was on Mount Moriah where Jesus Christ, uh, 2,000 years later, would be crucified for our sins. See, it was the same spot that Jerusalem actually became a city where the temple was built, and then walking distance from there, Jesus Christ, also a descendant of Abraham, would also carry the wood, the cross, up the same hill to be the sacrifice. So our religion, if you want to call it that, we don't like to call it a religion, but kind of is, Christianity, Judaism, and even going back to Islam, like they have the same forefather of Abraham. It, it is grounded in this religion that our God provides. And so I found it fascinating that God showed Abraham just a glimpse. Now, caught up in some thorns right behind Abraham was a ram. So not just a lamb, but like the best sacrifice. An angel comes down and he stops uh, Abraham and he says, don't kill the boy, okay? Look, there's a sacrifice. This was a test. This was only a test. You, you passed, <laughs> okay? And he takes the ram and he sacrifices it. The ram that was caught up in the thorns. Jesus had the crown of thorns that was smashed into his head. And he literally was, he actually did the thing. Now we can see that Jesus Christ provides our sacrifice. We, um, Jesus said that uh, in Ephesians 5, 2, Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Now today, I'm asking you, what does the Lord require of you? Why was it the, the son, why was it Isaac, why wasn't it just his best sheep that God said, this is the sacrifice I want from you? I think it was because for all these many years, this son had become this dream, this promise, this be all, end all. And I think God said, I want exactly that thing that you hold so closest to your heart. I want the thing that you care about the most. Because God's saying, I want to be the thing you care about the most. And I just want to know that there's nothing more important than me in your life. And so even though this was the promise that God gave, that Abraham received, now God is saying, 
Are you willing to give it over? And I think that's what he wants from us. He wants our thing that's very close. Romans 12 says, Offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. He wants us to daily pick up our cross, metaphorically speaking, and die to ourself, like you saw in the baptism, to be raised to life, to united with Christ, to say, all right, today I'm living my whole life as if I was dead to this world, but alive in Christ. So we can give him our whole life today. Praise the Lord. So as the worship team comes back, I guess the question would be, can you, can you kill the promise? If, if God said he gave you a promise, but you hang on to that promise, which is good, we, we talk about it, but are you able just to kill the promise and say, okay, God, no matter what uh, you have promised me, I want you more than anything. I need you more than anything. And so maybe today you have an altar of praise or an altar of prayer, or maybe it's an altar of peace, but you really need provision. And God's, like, you know God's promised you, but unlike or like Abraham, maybe it's taken 20 years or 25 years to see that promise fulfilled. But maybe it's really not about us. Maybe it's more about legacy. Maybe it's more about what God has in store for the generation that comes after us, for our sons and daughters or our grandchildren. Or maybe you are the grandchild. You are the son or daughter that you know uh, if mom or mom and dad do it right or if your parent, single parent does it right, that you know that uh, you're going to fulfill that legacy. So stand with me today. We're going to sing one more song. But I, wanna, I want you to think about for a second. Well, what does the altar look like? It is a place to die. And last week, uh, in both services, different people came forward, and they left that marker there. They left a, a generational curse at the altar so they could walk up freely and move forward. Or maybe today you say, I, I need to strengthen my prayer life, or I need to strengthen uh, my, the peace in my life. God, I need peace that passes all understanding. I want you just to be mindful that as we, as we pray and sing this next song, that altars are not only a place of sacrifice, but they're a marker. They're, they're a spot where you put a, a figurative line in the sand and say, this, this moment I'm not going back. I'm dropping the, the lot in my life, the person or the thing or the, the spirit in my life that continues to hinder me, that continues to drag me down, that, that thought or that idea that continues to bother me. I'm going to leave it right here. I'm moving forward as a new creature in Christ Jesus. So as I pray, if you're comfortable doing so, just raise your hands up towards heaven. And just you ask the Lord, is there anything in my life that I need to let go of? Is there a promise that I'm putting above God? Is there something that I've placed? before the Lord that I need to go back and, like Janie said, renew my first love with Christ. Father, we open our hearts and our hands, our minds, our thoughts, our ideas before you today, and we simply pray, Lord, as we make an altar here today, Lord, on this day, Lord, let it be an altar of peace, of prayer, of praise. Lord, we pray that you would provide. But if there's anything that we need to kill today at the altar, anything we need to lay down, anything we need to sacrifice, let it be for you. Lord, not so that someone sees it or, or does it because of someone else. Let it be because of you, Father. We bless you today as we continue to sing and praise, Father. Let us build an altar today to you as the only one.
This is how 
so good. Had a little moment there. Drew was kind of ripping the guitar. The pastor talked about it. it was the legacy of my father and went with the message of would you give your best? Would you would you lay it on the altar? A lot of you have had to do that. Say, I'm just gonna lay it. I'm gonna lay mama at the altar, I'm gonna lay daddy at the altar, I'm gonna lay a son or a daughter or a relationship. You've had to say, I'm just gonna put it on the altar and know that you got this. And and um, yeah, so just a, a little private moment there with God's got this and Amanda, who's over here behind Pastor, she will be out here at the um, info table out there, at the booth out there. She is starting this Tuesday at this campus um, a grief class, grief sharing, grief class, and at what time? Six o'clock. It's going to be here, and maybe you've went through something, and you just... Um, you just need somebody to share and you need to go through it's a course that is going to be a beautiful beautiful course that that we're going to go through that um, maybe you've had to lay someone or something at the altar and you just need somebody to walk it out with you you just need to share so i would encourage you to sign up and just receive help because that's what we're here for is to help one another the bible says if one part of the body hurts then it all hurts and i think pastor could um, share that today. If his arm hurts, your whole body kind of hurts. And so that's how we are. If you're going through something, we want to walk through with, with you because we hurt together. So make sure you sign up for that. Um, what a great tag team message, right? Good job, guys. That was really good. So God is so faithful. Father, we love you and we thank you that you are so good and that you do want the best for us. And Lord, we want to give you our best in return with, with no holding back. We don't want to have um, a second plan. We don't want to have a backup plan, but we want to leave the lots in our life behind us. We want to walk in the fullness of who you've called us to be, the purpose and the plan that you have for us. We want to walk in the fullness of that. So Lord, I pray that you would help each and every one of us today to walk in, in the calling that you have in us and walk in the full joy, that we would praise you in our storms, that we would have the provision that we need and we would find prayer, Lord, and that all that we go through, Lord, that you are walking with us and that your provision shall be seen, that you will provide. And so we trust in that and we love you and we thank you. Lord, we stand on Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge you and you will direct our path. We live on that. We stand on that. We thank you for that, that you have everything in control. We bless you today. We bless each person. Go with them, protect them, watch over them. Let your mercies and your grace just surround them and follow them everywhere they go. Thank you, Lord, for the blessings today of baptism. We rejoice with them. We love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. We love y'all so much. Have an awesome day and we'll see you next week or Tuesday. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing today. 
you can give at www.gracechurch.tv give or by downloading the app and select give. We can't wait to see you next week.